Welcome to the Poetry Questions TPQ20, where we sit down with your favorite authors to talk about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. My name is Chris Margolin. Let's expand the conversation. Hello, hello. Hi. Hey, how are you doing? Can you hear me okay? I sure can. Can you hear me all right? Yes, absolutely. Hi. Awesome. Hello. <laughs> nice <laughs> how to are you? virtually see right? you. <laughs> nice to virtually meet you as well. How, how is your day going? Uh, it's good. It's a long day. It's 7 p.m. here. That's true. And I have a baby <laughs> and, you know, work and stuff like that. So it was a good day. Just I have to, you know. You know, I want to say that uh, we have a we have a nine week old kitten. So I want to say that I know <laughs> what the baby thing is like. I I popped into uh, to our family when our kid uh, kiddo had just turned two and a half. Uh, so the baby stage I I missed completely. So um, I you know m- more power to it's you. It's more well, just well the, like I I think I have like less brain cells now. You know, it's not that <laughs> she's a very easy baby. It's more just like I'm spread a little. I've got less in the pot. You know. <laughs> Well, congratulations, congratulations, by the way. Thank you. I'm doing Uh, well, and I'm happy to be talking to you. (laughs) Ah, Awesome. Well, I'm really excited uh, to to find time to to, uh, chat with you on TPQ20 today. We always like to start off by saying we know who you are, but our listeners might be new to you. Uh, If you were to give the bio that will not be featured on Ephemera, uh, who would you say you are? Hmm, That's a great question. Um... I think I am a, I think I am a poet who has always been a poet, but who is still who is trying now to find out what this poet is in this stage of life, if that makes sense. I started uh my poetry I was gonna say my poetry career, but that's not necessarily true. I started writing at such a young age and was so immediately drawn to spoken word and the competition of poetry slam that was really popular. And so I I think that 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 was like the lifeblood of my writing career for so long, this act of performance, this act of being on a stage. And it's not what I, it's not my favorite thing about poetry, but it's what like really it was the current of my poetry career that moved me along like a river, you know? And now I don't really have that current anymore, but I still have the love for the language, for the genre. And, um, and so I think I'm trying to like, I don't know, shake off my new skin and find out what poet is underneath after, you know, a decade long career as a not a token slam poet or or anything like that, but like, you know, really marketing myself as a spoken word poet. And now it's like, I just am a writer. <laughs> I hope all that makes sense. It does. It absolutely does. And I, I, I kind of like, kind of start with what you said toward the end there as, as a, you know, a 20 year veteran teacher, um, I've definitely shown your work. And I think oh. you are, you are one of those, um, I think because of how easy YouTube has made it over the last couple of decades, yes. you are one of those poets who, when you type, especially when you type in button poetry, yeah. uh, you kind of come to the top of the top of the, the search engine. Um, and so I think you have definitely 
definitely you know welcomed so many other people into the world of poetry yeah. via via your words oh that's um, amazing well well and you said you know this poetry career and journey uh and that you kind of were always drawn to words was there someone who was read to you or someone you heard uh who was sort of that catalyst poet or author for you to be like ah I like at least the idea of putting words together, or this sounds like something fun. So, you know, taking it, well, first really quick comment about the internet and about YouTube. I think it's so amazing that the YouTube poetry world exists now. And now wow. it's on Instagram. Now it's on TikTok, right? you know? And um, it's really funny when I came up in spoken word or in the more competitive poetry world, that was not the global social tool, YouTube wasn't the right. tool that it is today. And um, I think it's, it's amazing that that is now this place that people turn to. Um, I just wanted to say that. And well, I feel honored to be one of the YouTubed, you know, as a verb poet. It is so <laughs> much fun. So like the, the poetry question started because a student, so my background's in 16th to 19th century British poetry. I have the nerdiest background. I love that. But, and it's a lot of fun, but I, I really didn't, know that there was a contemporary world of poetry until a student was like can you prove that poetry is relevant in the 21st century wow it was like oh oh okay yeah and we just you know at that time uh schools were still not totally censoring youtube so, right. so i yeah. just i i literally had students hop on and for three days they just watched poetry and they filled wow. up a, a whiteboard of 183 poets um, and it was, it was incredible. And, uh, you were definitely on the, on the board. That's at incredible. That time. And it's, it was such an amazing experience. And I can't imagine as, you know, I I'm 41 and I can't imagine as a, as a high school student, you know, when I started looking at even books in general, that idea of having to go to the library and actually just no, I know. go from book to book to book and hope that maybe you'd get in a few books and, you know, a few different poets a day. Right. And, and what if you're not drawn to it? You know, right. the immediacy of the internet does there. It's a double-edged sword for sure, because it, it demands access and it demands immediacy. And, you know, it, the artwork becomes a little bit distilled because yeah. we get to consume so much of it, but also it, it is an amazing tool for access, uh, for accessibility and for, for artists, you know, the career of a writer, right. I mean, it must've it's still not the largest career out there in the world, nor no. the best paying or anything, <laughs> but it is much more a possible avenue now, even yeah. than it was when I, you know, 15 years ago when yeah. I started writing. Um, and uh, I feel honored. Sometimes I look at what's button is doing now or i just learned about the world of tiktok poetry you should check oh it out it's, it's wild I, I've got, <laughs> I have an i have an 11 year old i'm just i'm stumbling it's, into this world very very it's cautiously, so intimidating but it's, it's, yes <laughs> but i also see how we would have used that you know 15 oh, years ago when we yeah. were right when when me and my teammates back at the time when we were on a poetry team together were writing the spoken word poems that you that you can see on the internet now. Right. Um, it's just fascinating the evolution of that, uh, the evolution of, and the accessibility of poetry. And I feel honored to be at the very beginning of, of that and really grateful that I now have a place in it still. Um, 
15 years later, I guess. It's crazy. So uh, yeah. to get back to get back, yeah, it's going back to your question. I remember yeah, was, there a, was there a catalyst author for you or someone time, you know, in your, in your early life where you were like, all right, I like the sound of these. I think I can yeah. do this. Yeah. You know, I was always, um, I was an avid reader and I was also always read to as a young child. And you know, before I knew the names of any authors or poets, I think that always stands out to me that I have always consumed literature in that sort of verbal exchange way. Um, And, uh, you know, the first people that come to mind are uh, the Indigo Girls, (laughs) the folk musicians, lesbian duo of the 90s, you know, (laughs) I live out I live out in Portland, Oregon. So I've definitely seen some Indigo Girls Zoo concerts over yes. the years. I you know, I I my aunt listened to them when I was like eleven. Now I'm a diehard fan as as like a 36-year-old, but I remember lyricism, you know. I remember their lyricism yeah. standing out to me and me being it was more than the the typical pop song or Disney song lyric, it was really using metaphors and um, symbolism and um, building upon itself. Like it it was very powerful. (laughs) Um, And then I think this is, this is funny because I am returning to her work now as a, as a new parent. Um, And, but I remember being, being given, um, Mary Oliver poem when I was in high school and, and feeling not necessarily like this is the most profound thing ever, (laughs) (laughs) but seeing, you know, now I do, (laughs) but seeing being like, oh, I could, I can write this being inspired by it, not necessarily being, um, feeling so connected to it, but, um, feeling like, of course, like a pompous teenager, I guess, like (laughs) I can write like Mary Oliver. (laughs) But, um, and then, and then honestly, probably the, one of the first couple, uh, poets from the spoken word world that I heard when I was 19, 20 were, um, Alex Olson, Andrea Gibson, some of the, Andrea is still popular now, but Alex oh, yeah. Olson was like one of the OG spoken word poets that, you know, on Def Jam and things like that. So, yeah, I think those are just a couple of names, but. Andrea was actually the first that uh, the first spoken word poet I ever saw live. Oh, uh, was was and that it is was, a way to see right, them. What a great entrance into the world of, yeah. of spoken word poetry was at a at a Portland Poetry Slam. Yeah, uh, and they were just it was it it was literally life changing. Andrea is undeniable. Oh, whatever they, you need uh, to. I mean, talk about life path like that. They they were meant to do this. Um, yes. And and similar to that Mary Oliver poem, I remember hearing Andrea's work for the first time and feeling, you know, cracked open. And yeah. also, I can do this. Like I I have things to say too. Um, and yeah, I, there are so many other examples like that because I I did like I said I grew up I grew up reading a lot and and consuming different forms of art, you know, um, theater and music and whatnot. So I have always been drawn to storytelling, I think is the essence of what I'm trying to say. (laughs) I like that. And then 
for you because you you are you are competitive when it comes to to poetry was there a competition side of you before before spoken word was there were you really big into like any type of sports as a that's little so kid funny or... that you would describe me as that because I, <clears throat> it's not uh I don't take offense to it but I actually yeah. don't identify as competitive at all um and and my loved ones wouldn't describe me as that <laughs> um I <laughs> I think that there was a part of me that loved um, being listened to. You know, that might sound yeah, yeah. so, no. I don't know, sociopathic or No, not at all. Wounded, I, think that's a, you know? I think that's a fantastic answer. I, I yeah. Mean, yeah um, you know, we kind of well, do because this when to I, be heard. When I think about Sierra at 20, when I started writing you know, I always wrote in my teen years, angsty poetry. And then when I was <laughs> in my twenties, I was like, oh, I can share that angsty poetry with other people. <laughs> um, when I think about Sierra at that time, I really think about the people, my community in St. Paul and Minneapolis that I uh, grew up writing with. And we right. were, I mean, we were obsessed. We, all we talked about was poetry and all we did was read each other drafts and workshop each other's work. And, um, and it's not, of course, winning, you know, like I have a, I, it's not that I'm competitive. It's that I have a competitive track record or yeah. like a, you know, uh, winning, winning the bigger poetry slams in the, in my history, uh, <laughs> was fun, you know, is magical. But when I think about that time where I was like actively participating in poetry slams, I think about the community, um, and how uplifted I felt by them. Do you have a favorite early show, like early performance? Oh, what a wonderful question. Uh, the first year we won the National Poetry Slam, we were in West Palm Beach, Florida. I was on a team with um, Kyle, Kyle Myrie, a.k.a. Guante, Kari Jackson, um, a.k.a. Six is Nine. He went by that back then. Um, and Michael Malekadeh. And we we worked all year we practiced not 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 that we practiced we wrote together for for a year went to nationals lost wrote together for another year and and then in 2009 we won and i remember debuting uh my poem um mrs dahmer which is a spoken word performance poem from the perspective of jeffrey dahmer's mother which is a poem I haven't read in a decade, you know, but definitely was like a catalyst for my career. And right. uh, again, you know, I remember what it felt like being on the stage that day. Um, but I mostly remember my teammates, you mm. know, Kari also de- debuted a poem that people know. Um, and I remember Michael keeping score and, you know, um, <laughs> Guante, he went last in the round and he ended up, you know, whatever. So uh yeah I, there's so many of those I could get chills just thinking about it but that one was unrepeatable you know mm. that one was undeniable it was it was and I wasn't jaded I was so young you know like it was it was so fresh everything was so fresh and magical <laughs> oh, I love that so much and it's a and it brings us up to a, a good a good spot because then 2010 comes uh and the bones below come out yes so yes. who did you ever see yourself uh, moving from spoken word to the page? And then is there a difference between Sierra as a stage poet and Sierra as a page poet? 
I would say now, yes. Okay. Ish. <laughs> kind of. Maybe not. <laughs> so, you know, back then, um, back then in that magical time that I was describing before with this, these community members, I felt, I, I joked that we were obsessed with poetry and I've said in other interviews, because this is the only way to describe it is that I felt like I was like Wiley e. Coyote, like running off of the cliff, you know, chasing this thing that I love. And I just wasn't looking down. And if you track my career and either publications or accomplishments or whatever, it, I was just trying to, I was kind of running from one to the next, pursuing this magical thing, you know, and back then when I published my first book, The Bones Below, it's not that I distinguished a difference between my page poetry and my spoken word poetry, but I just wanted just another avenue to put it out there. And I think back then I kind of described it as a Venn diagram of that there are some poems that live on the stage and there are some poems that just live on the page. And like, if you're great, you're somewhere in the middle. And that's right. what like I strived <laughs> to be back then. Um, and now I'm not writing for the performance quite as much, but I'm still writing no, I'm not writing for the performance. I'm writing for the communication, mm. if that makes sense. I'm writing for the exchange. Whereas before, I was thinking more theatrically. Mm, that might not, that might not even be the right word, but I think you get the distinction that I'm trying. To yeah, say. I mean, there is there's definitely when I talk to and I talk to a ton of spoken word poetry because I, I I love both sides of that. Yeah, uh, and I think there is it's interesting to speak with the poets who who go out and it's, it is a performance. There is yeah. a, you know, there's, there's even staging to it. There's things that go along with it. And then there are poets who are, you know, who feed off the crowd in those moments and change lines and, and, you know, ad lib as needed. Um, and so I think it is a, it is a, it is a performance. It is, yeah, it is everything totally. about that in that moment. Yeah. Uh, and now I think I'm, I'm writing more for the moment that can live on the page or ho hold somebody's attention on stage, you know, but, but more the moment, you know, just ho holding that and, and hoping that that moment is evergreen, however it's consumed, I think is the best way I can think of it. <laughs> so you are, you're a part of one of my favorite anthologies, the courage anthology from right bloody. Um, I remember sitting at uh, at Mindy's one of Mindy's house sh uh, house shows uh, when it came out and listening to uh, Tara Hardy. Oh, um, I love Tara. And that that was it was yeah it was early in in the poetry question days, um, and I remember my wife and I just being just so blown away by everything that was going on in that moment um, and the readers that night because it was I mean it was a it was a pretty full full cast for who was in for who was in that book that night um and so that was you know one of our one of our earlier introductions to kind of the right bloody world uh, yeah. which, which Derek is amazing um so from from those days from kind of you know the bones below era to ephemera how do you think you know what's the conversation that today's that today's version of you as an author would have with the 2010 version of you as an author? Yeah, what a thoughtful question. Um, 
I think I think that the 2010 version author um there are still parts of her in me <laughs> I we still write in a very similar way but like everything with time I've learned you know to slow down <laughs> take a breath <laughs> um edit more Jesus <laughs> um Yeah, I the books that I, the the first book I put out was such a, such an indication of my 20s. It was or my early 20s I should say. Um it it was just a a collection of poems that I was obsessed right. with, you know. And slowly, and I mean so slowly over the course of the next decade and five this will be my fifth book. I sort of started to harness it and um kind of uh actually put myself into these poems in a way that isn't um exploitative you know I think there's something to be said when I was younger in which I was like almost too vulnerable where I would make a poem out of anything. <laughs> and now I I still write deeply personally, but I do it with better boundaries <laughs> and more care for myself and more awareness of, of what people will take away from my work, I think. Um, and I, yeah. I think that is what I will say. <laughs> That's such an interesting, interesting question. I, I wonder what the two of us would say to each other in a room, you know, 2010 yeah. Sierra versus now. <laughs> um, so much has changed. And also, like, I'm not sure I would tell her to do anything differently. Right. Because to be honest, I it's hard for me to look at some of my older work. It's hard for me to even crack open the bones pull. Like, I don't mm. even want to say that name <laughs> on this show because I don't want people going to Google it, <laughs> you know? Um, but that's just like self-consciousness. And, and also there's a part of me that's proud of that younger version of me that sort of unafraid and unafraid to be imperfect, put out this book, you know? chasing that thing off of the cliff you know right. not looking down so well and as we have you know you coming off of a of a five six year break between yeah. between publications um where do you go next what you know is new mom sierra yeah is there is there a baby book in the uh I, I, there's definitely i can, I can definitely see book. the children's book somewhere <laughs> coming from yeah. your future yeah Oh, I, let me say quickly about my Bones Below book. Like, please, if you're interested, go buy that because I want to support Right Bloody because you're right. Derek Brown is just one of the the kings of the poetry world that really talk about accessibility. He, he opened the door for so many oh spoken word poets to feel a sense of legitimacy in the publishing world. So I really owe him a lot. And if um, you ever, you know, if you ever get to see him rock a Prince outfit for, uh, for a karaoke <laughs> night, you are, it's, a, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but what is next um, after 
uh, this first book. Well, first, first, this book, you know, this book doesn't come out until June um, of 2023. And I think I'm sort of giving myself permission to revel in that and see what it feels like to be a poet of this book at this stage of my life, you know? Good for you. Uh, Thank you. I'm really (laughs) excited to, and nervous, oh my God, I'm so nervous, to (laughs) have a book release show and do a reading because I don't I've moved away from my spoken word staples and right. the things that I used to put a set list together with. And, and now it's just the work that is now that is most current and most personal and, and that I'm most proud of. Um, but there's definitely a shedding of like a armor, you know, to, <laughs> to come out with this new work. Right. So I'm really excited to revel in that and, and see what that, I hope the world loves it, you know, um, or, or it finds them at the right time in their life. Right. Um, and then I have been telling myself to write a novel for Ooh. like years. All right. I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to buckle down this year. It's just writing fiction right now to me feels like writing with the non-dominant hand. Like I know the words, but everything comes out really clunky and (laughs) slow because over the last decade, I feel like I've harnessed succinctness, you know? Right, right. I think that's probably a common experience for poets who shift genres. Um, Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I think, I definitely think there will be more poetry in the future. I hope. Amazing. And we always like to kind of wrap things up by asking, who are you reading these days? Who are you excited about? Um, I, I mentioned, uh, Mary Oliver at the beginning and, um, obviously it's not like she needs another shout out because she's one of the most famous poets in the world, but reading her now as a new parent where I'm really thinking about like seasons and time and, and death and, and the, the, the fragility and limitedness of it all. Um, she is resonating way more than she did when I was 16 or whatever. I got that first, um, book. So, uh, and I would also say I'm reading Camon Felix's new, um, book in verse novel in verse. Camon is a poet and, and she's in February, her first novel is coming out. It's called Discalculia. And I just finished it because we did an interview on my podcast with her and it is phenomenal and poets will love it. Novel writers or readers will love it. Um, really into that. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking some time and hanging out with me today. Yes, thank you. I really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I truly look forward to ephemera. Uh, Ronnie Stevens would kill me if I didn't say hello. Oh, my God. He's our, he is, you know, he's our, he's our consummate reviewer for, for, uh, for all, for well, anything that he would like to review for the poetry question. He just grabs. Oh, that uh, and is he, lovely. So he, he wanted to make sure that we said hello. Uh, from him that means well. everything to me I uh, Ronnie has been in my corner from the beginning and I definitely extend that love right back to him ah well again thank you so much uh have a wonderful rest of the evening and uh, we look thank forward you. to all that comes from you thank you so much thank you have a great night you too Thank you for listening to the Poetry Questions TPQ20. Please like, rate, review, and subscribe. See you next week.